السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ الحزن We were learning about our response to the news of someone's death. And we learned that it is only natural for a person to feel sad. But we see here, Imam Bukhari mentions, the one who sits down when a calamity strikes him, and grief is clearly visible on their face. So what this means is that when a person receives some bad news and he is overcome by sadness, what should he do? He should exert some level of self-control. And if necessary, a person may even sit down. Even though sadness is visible on the face, a person cannot conceal that. If a person is sad in their heart, the sadness will show on the face. But we see in the manner of the Prophet ﷺ that he sat down. And we learned the first hadith over here with regards to the deaths of the companions who passed away in, in the battle of Mu'tah. So inshallah we will look at the second hadith. حدثنا عمرو بن علي حدثنا محمد بن فضيل حدثنا عاصم الاحول عن انس رضي الله عنه قال قنط رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم شهرا انس رضي الله عنه said that the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam did the qunut prayer for an entire month when حين قتل القراء when the قراء were killed the reciters of the quran were killed and this was at which occasion Remember when the 70 companions of the Prophet ﷺ were taken at the request of certain tribes, but then they turned against them and they killed all of them. So at this time, the Prophet ﷺ performed qunut prayer for an entire month. And he said, فَمَا رَأَيْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ I did not see the Messenger of Allah ﷺ حَزِنَ حُزْنًا That he was grieving with a sadness ever minhu more than that. Meaning, he saw the Prophet ﷺ so sad at this time that he had never seen him as sad before or ever after this. Meaning, when the Prophet ﷺ found out about the news of his companions being killed, being cheated, so he was overcome by sadness and that sadness was visible on his face for an entire month. An entire month. But in this month, what did he do? He performed the qunut prayer. So we see that the best way is of the Prophet ﷺ. That a person grieves, but in his grief he does not do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not like. We learned that once a Hanbali scholar, Ali ibn Aqil, he once visited the graveyard when his son died. And his son was little. So you can imagine he was extremely sad also. And some people accompanied him. So one of the men who was present over there recited an ayah out loud. And that ayah was, يَا أَيُّهَا الْعَزِيزُ إِنَّ لَهُ أَبًا شَيْخًا كَبِيرًا فَخُذْ أَحَدَنَا مَكَانَهُ From the story of Yusuf a.s. that when Binyamin was taken, because apparently he had committed theft, so the brothers, they said that, O Aziz, keep one of us in his place. Take one of us in his place, Because he has an old father. 
So basically what this man was implying was that such a young child has died. You know, oh Allah, take one of us instead. The father is a respected man amongst us, an old man. He won't be able to handle this grief. So when people heard this ayah, they started crying. Everybody started crying. So the father, that scholar, he said, the noble Qur'an was not revealed to make us grieve. The noble Qur'an was revealed to settle our griefs. So you have not recited the ayah at the right time. You have recited the ayah and made people even more sad. The Qur'an was revealed to comfort our sadness, not to make us more sad. So when we see that people are sad, they're grieving, what should we say? Ayat that make them even more sad? Is it? No. We should recite ayat that give them hope. We should say things that give them hope because the goal should be to try to uh, control the grief. Because it's not healthy for a person to dwell on grief. If a person remains sad for an excessive amount of time, then that can be detrimental to their mental health, to their physical health. Sadness is okay. It's normal. But dwelling on sadness, excessive sadness, is not okay. And remember that any emotion in excess becomes unhealthy. Whether it is anger, or it is love, or it is sadness, or even happiness. Isn't it that in the Qur'an, farh, marh, I mean this is something that's discouraged. Isn't it so? So even excessive sadness can become unhealthy. Bab malam yudhir huznahu indal musibah. The one who does not show his sadness at the time of calamity. Is that okay? That is also okay. Because sometimes we say, that, oh no, be sad, let it out, you know, express that anger or express that frustration, let it out, don't hold it in, and it's not healthy for you. No. If a person has a certain level of control where they can even hide their emotions, it's okay. As long as they are Accepting them. The main thing is, accept the decree of Allah. And then, react however you think is best. Of course, a person should not react with anger, but otherwise, if a person can control their sadness, that's okay. And if a person has to cry, that is also okay. And here Imam Bukhari says, وَقَالَ مُحَمَّدُ بْنُ كَعْبٍ الْقُرَضِيُّ Muhammad ibn Ka'b al-Qurali said, الْجَزَعُ Jazar is, jazar basically means being upset, or it's the opposite of sabr. Okay, sabr is to be patient, and jazar is the opposite of sabr, to be impatient. So he said, jazar is al-qawlu sayyi'u wa-dhannu sayyi'u. I want you to remember this. This is a statement that you should memorize. That jazar is al-qawlu sayyi'u wa-dhannu sayyi'u. What is al-qawlu sayyi'u? A bad word. And what is a bad thought? So basically, it is saying something that's bad, that's negative, and thinking something that's bad, that's negative. And some have even translated this as that al-jazaru, that expression of grief results in bad speech and bad thoughts. So some translations of the statement say that al-jazar leads to Evil words and, and bad thoughts also. وَقَالَ يَعْقُوبُ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ And the father of Yusuf alayhi salam, Yaqub, he said, إِنَّمَا أَشْكُوا بَثِّي وَحُزْنِي إِلَى اللَّهِ That indeed, I only complain of my bath, my anguish, and my huzn to Allah. 
So he decided to express his grief and sadness only to who? To Allah, not to people. So he decided not to show his grief to people anymore. And that is also okay. If you're feeling sad, it doesn't mean that you have to tell the whole world about why you're sad. You can be sad and you can keep that sadness to yourself. You don't have to tell people around you. As long as you are dealing with the musibah that has afflicted you and you are accepting of it, you're just allowing yourself time to heal and that is making you sad and that's okay. So don't suppress it in the sense that don't deny the sadness. Accept it and express it before who? Before who? Before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. حدثنا بشر بن الحكم حدثنا سفيان بن عيينة أخبرنا إسحاق بن عبد الله بن أبي طلحة أنه سمع أنس بن مالك رضي الله عنه أنس بن مالك is reporting يقول he said اشتكى ابن لأبي طلحة he said that one of the sons of Abu Talha became sick and who's Abu Talha رضي الله عنه he's the stepfather of Anas رضي الله عنه remember that Anas رضي الله عنه is the son of who who's his mother Um Sulaim, who was initially married to Malik, Anas ibn Malik. She was initially married to Malik, and Malik did not embrace Islam. Once he was out on a journey, when he returned, he found out that his wife had embraced Islam, and his son was reciting the words of the Adhan, or something like that. So he became really angry, and he left them. And he died. He was killed on one of his journeys. So anyway, Um Sulaim, She married Abu Talha radiallahu anhu. And remember that Abu Talha, when he proposed to her, she said that I'm a Muslim woman and you're not a Muslim man. So her mahar was that he would embrace Islam. So anyway, Abu Talha and Umm Sulaim had a son. And that son was sick. قَالَ فَمَاتَ Anas said that that baby, that son, actually died. وَأَبُوْ طَلْحَ تَخَارِجٌ While Abu Talha was not at home. He was perhaps gone on one of his trips. فَلَمَّا رَأَتِ امْرَأَتُهُ أَنَّهُ قَدْ مَاتَ So when his wife, meaning Umm Sulaim, saw that the son had died, هَيَّأَتْ شَيْئًا She prepared something, وَنَحَّتْهُ فِي جَانِبِ الْبَيْتِ And she basically wrapped him up, bathed him, whatever, and she put him in the side of the house. فَلَمَّا جَاءَ أَبُوْ طَلْحَةَ Meaning within the house, she lay him on to the side. So when Abu Talha came, قَالَ كَيْفَ الْغُلَامُ He asked, how's the son? How's the boy? قالت, قَدْ هَدَأَتْ نَفْسُهُ وَأَرْجُوا أَنْ يَكُونَ قَدْ استراحة. She said that he is calm and I hope that he is at rest. So she didn't tell him that their son had died. وَظَنَّ أَبُوْ طَلْحَةَ أَنَّهَا صَادِقَةً And Abu Talha thought that she was speaking the truth. Truth as in, well, not that she was lying, right? But she just didn't say a clear statement. So Abu Talha thought that, okay, you know, maybe he is getting better or, you know, he's sleeping right now, he's resting. So, قَالَ فَبَاتَ So he spent the night, meaning he slept. فَلَمَّا أَصْبَحَ إِغْتَسَلَ When he woke up in the morning, he took a bath. فَلَمَّا أَرَادَ أَنْ يَخْرُجَ And when he intended to go out, أَعْلَمَتْهُ أَنَّهُ قَدْ مَاتَ Then she told him that the son had actually died. فَصَلَّى مَعَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ Then he went and prayed with the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, meaning Fajr. ثُمَّ أَخْبَرَ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ بِمَا كَانَ مِنْهُمَا 
And then he told the Prophet ﷺ about what had happened the night before. فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ So the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said, لَعَلَّ اللَّهَ أَنْ يُبَارِكَ لَكُمَا فِي لَيْلَتِكُمَا Perhaps Allah will bless you in your night. The fact that you slept with your wife last night, perhaps Allah will bless you, meaning with another child. قَالَ سُفْيَانُ فَقَالَ رَجْلٌ مِنَ الْأَنصَارِ Sufyan said that a man from the Ansar said, فَرَأَيْتُ لَهُمَا تِسْعَةَ أَوْلَادٍ He said, I saw them having tis'ah children. How many tis'ah? Nine. كُلُّهُمْ قَدْ قَرَأَ الْقُرْآنِ All of whom recited the Qur'an. What do we see over here? The reward that Allah gives to who? Those who are patient. Who are patient when? Right at the time that calamity strikes. And part of patience is also that a person does not even let other people know what's going on with them. If a person lets other people know, it's good. It's fine. It's it's okay. As long as there's no negative word or negative thought. But if a person handles that situation so well, with so much tawakkul on Allah, with so much hope in Allah, that even those around them do not find out what happened, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with those who are patient and He rewards them abundantly. It's amazing that his child is sick and he had to go for some journey, he went. Now if you think about it, typically, if a person is in a situation like that, the wife would never let the husband go. And then if the husband is coming home and the baby has died or the son, I, I don't know how old he was, but if the son has died, then what would be the first thing that she would tell him? Or what would be her first reaction when she sees him? Imagine she does not even tell him. I mean, she controlled her tears. She controlled her words. And she even slept with him. So remember that being sad does not mean that you have to show sadness. You understand? You can be sad. But it doesn't mean that you have to show sadness. If it comes out, it's that's okay, you're not sinful. But should you try to control it? Yes, you should. Bab al-sabri inda sadmati al-ula. Sabr is at the time of the first sadma. Sadma, shock. Meaning, as soon as some calamity strikes, the first reaction should be of sabr. وَقَالَ عُمَرُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ And Umar رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ said, نِعْمَ الْعِدْلَانِ وَنِعْمَ الْعِلَاوَةِ how blessed are the two examples and how blessed is the reward of who? الَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَتْهُمْ مُصِيبَةٌ قَالُوا إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ Those who when calamity strikes them, they say that indeed we belong to Allah and indeed to Him we shall return. أُولَٰئِكَ عَلَيْهِمْ صَلَوَاتٌ مِّنْ رَبِّهِمْ وَرَحْمَةٌ Those are the people upon whom will be blessings and mercy مِنْ رَبِّهِمْ وَرَحْمَةٌ Of their Lord وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُهْتَدُونَ And those are the ones who are rightly guided. وَقَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى And his statement وَاسْتَعِينُوا بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ Seek help through patience and prayer وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِرَةٌ إِلَّا عَلَى الْخَاشِعِينَ And certainly it is very hard except for the humble. So the two examples, which ones are they? The first one, the first ayah, and the second one, the second ayah. So for sabr, and what an excellent reward for both of them. Because for the first one, what's the reward? أُولَيْكَ عَلَيْهِمْ صَلَوَاتِ مِنْ رَبِّهِمْ وَرَحْمَةِ 
And for the second one, that those people who seek help through patience and prayer, for them, they are the ones who are truly khashirin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honors them. حدثنا محمد بن بشار حدثنا غندر حدثنا شعبة عن ثابت قال سمعت أنسا رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال الصبر عند الصدمة الأولى We have done this hadith before. So, sabr is at the first shock, meaning the moment you are hit, you hear the news, then what is your first response? What is your first reaction? You see the word sadma. Sadma is basically to crash into something. When something crashes into you, what happens? Like if a child is running and all of a sudden, you know, they bump into you, it shocks you. And this is how sometimes sad news is, that you're going about your daily routine and all of a sudden you read a message, all of a sudden you receive a phone call. So that is when sabr is required. And the person who does not do sabr at first, does that happen? Sometimes it happens with us, we're human. For example... You hear some news and you just start screaming or you start reacting very angrily. So, and then later after a few moments you're like, oh my God, sabr is at sadmatul ula. So then after a few minutes or after a day or two or after five days, can you still do sabr? Yes, you can and you should. From the moment that you remember, start doing sabr. And Yes, it may not be kamil haqiqi sabr. It may not be the perfect real sabr. But it's still a level of sabr. Bab qawlin nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam inna bika lamahzunun. The statement of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that indeed we are because of you surely ones who are grieving. Meaning the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that we are very sad on your account, meaning on losing you. He said, I am sad, we are sad. So is that okay to say? وَقَالَ ابْنُ عُمَرَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ تَدْمَعُ الْعَيْنِ وَيَحْزَنُ الْقَلْبِ Ibn Umar reported from the Prophet ﷺ that the eye weeps and the heart grieves. And this is natural. If the heart is sad, because you've heard something very disturbing, Naturally tears will come. This is okay. But it's your actions. It's your words that you have control over. حدثنا الحسن بن عبد العزيز حدثنا يحيى بن حسان حدثنا قريش هو بن حيان عن ثابت عن أنس بن مالك رضي الله عنه قال دخلنا مع رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم على أبي سيف القين. Anas reported that we entered with the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم in the house of Abu Sayf al-Qain. Who is Abu Sayf al-Qain? وَكَانَ ضِئْرًا لِإِبْرَاهِيمُ عليه السلام. He was the ضِئْر of Ibrahim. Who is Ibrahim? The son of the Prophet ﷺ. So what is a ضِئْر? Because Abu Sayf was the ضِئْر of Ibrahim. ضِئْر is the father of the wet nurse. Okay? The father of the wet nurse. So... Kind of like a grandfather, but not really. You understand? Through rada'a. Grandfather through rada'a. So basically, remember that amongst the Arabs, this was a custom that people would sometimes hire a wet nurse. The mother would not nurse the baby, rather they would hire a wet nurse. And there could be different reasons for that. So the woman who nursed Ibrahim 
her father was who? Abu Sayf al-Qayn. So why did the Prophet ﷺ go to his house? Because Ibrahim was sick and he was in his house. And in fact, Ibrahim also passed away over there. So what happened? فَأَخَذَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ Ibrahim, the Prophet ﷺ picked up Ibrahim, فَقَبَّلَهُ He kissed him, وَشَمَّهُ And he smelled him. Kissed the baby and also smelled the baby. Do you ever do that? Especially newborns, little babies, they just have a very comforting smell. Alright, as long as they're clean and the diaper is clean and they haven't been puking all day, so they have a very beautiful smell. And you know, any person that you love, they have a smell that you like. Isn't it? A distinct smell. Which is why when you hug them, right, a long, tight hug, then you kind of also smell them. So the Prophet ﷺ, شَمَّهُ ثُمَّ دَخَلْنَا عَلَيْهِ بَعْدَ ذَلِكِ said, then we came after that, وَإِبْرَاهِيمُ يَجُودُ بِنَفْسِهِ And Ibrahim was now breathing his last. فَجَعَلَتْ عَيْنَا رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ تَدْرِفَانِ And the eyes of the Prophet ﷺ began flowing with tears when he saw his son breathing his last breaths. فَقَالَ لَهُ عَبْدُ الرَّحْمَنِ بْنُ عَوْفٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ So Abdul Rahman bin Awf said to him, وَأَنْتَ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ And you, a messenger of Allah, you're crying? Meaning why? فَقَالَ So he said, يَا بْنَ عَوْفٍ إِنَّهَا رَحْمَةٍ He said, oh Ibn Awf, this is mercy. Meaning these tears are a sign of mercy. ثُمَّ أَتْبَعْهَا بِأُخْرَى So he said, then there followed more after that. Meaning even more tears flowed from the eyes of the Prophet ﷺ. And sometimes this happens. Initially there's only a few tears and then a flood. More come. فَقَالَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ So the Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّ الْعَيْنَ تَدْمَعُ وَالْقَلْبَ يَحْزَنُ Indeed the eyes weep and the heart grieves. وَلَا نَقُولُ إِلَّا مَا يَرْضَى رَبُّنَا And we shall not say except what pleases our Lord. وَإِنَّا بِفِرَاقِكَ يَا إِبْرَاهِيمَ لَمَحْزُنُونَ And we are on account of your separation from us, O Ibrahim, surely sad. Meaning we're all very sad because, O Ibrahim, you're no longer with us. رَوَاهُ مُوسَى عَنْ سُلَيْمَانَ بْنِ الْمُغِيرَةِ عَنْ ثَابِتٍ عَنْ أَنَسٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Another narration. So what do we see here? The Prophet ﷺ was sad, he wept, and when people objected, he told them that this is only mercy. So crying is a sign of mercy. And not crying is a sign of, is a sign of, not just weakness, actually hardness of the heart. Not crying is a sign of hardness of the heart. We learn dua that, وَأَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ عَيْنٍ لَا تَدْمَعُ O oh Allah, I seek your protection from the eye that does not weep. And sometimes we think that it's a sign of strength to not cry. It's not a sign of strength to not cry. And sometimes men are discouraged from crying. But we see here the best man who ever walked the earth, the Prophet ﷺ, the strongest man, even he wept, he cried. So it's not only the women who are supposed to cry, even men can cry. But that crying should not be uncontrollable because we know that niyaha is not permissible. We see that only tears were flowing 
from the eyes of the Prophet ﷺ. He was not crying noisily. He was not screaming and wailing. And he only said something that was good. Bab al-bukai عند المريض Crying near a sick person. If someone is ill and you go to visit them. So if someone is unwell and you go to visit them and on seeing their condition, you start crying. Is that okay? You see, one is that you cry in front of them when they see you, when they're conscious, they're awake. That's not okay. Because if you cry in front of them when they're looking at you, then what's going to happen? They're going to feel worse, isn't it? When you go to visit a sick person, your job is to comfort them, to give them hope, isn't it? But if you start crying over there, what's going to happen? You're going to discourage them and worry them. Now they will turn around and start comforting you. It doesn't make sense. But the other is that you cry near the sick person when they're unconscious or they're sleeping. Is that okay? Yes, that's okay. So this means that when you go to visit someone who's ill and they happen to be awake and you are extremely sad on seeing them in that condition, try to control your tears if they're looking at you. If you're not able to control your tears, go out of the room. Even if when someone is dying in a state of nazar, only say positive things. And if you cannot say anything, just recite Qur'an or recite some dhikr, say something like that to bring them comfort. حدثنا أصبغ عن ابن وهب قال أخبرني عمر عن سعيد بن الحارث الأنصاري عن عبد الله بن عمر رضي الله عنهما قال he said اشتكى سعد بن عبادة شكوى له سعد بن عبادة رضي الله عنه became sick so فأتاه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يعوده مع عبد الرحمن بن عوف وسعد بن أبي وقاص وعبد الله بن مسعود رضي الله عنه so the Prophet ﷺ went to visit him with these companions. When the Prophet ﷺ entered upon him, he found him surrounded by his family. غاشية, one that covers, so his family was covering him, meaning they had surrounded him. They were all around him. فقال, so he said, قد قضى. He said, has he died? Meaning all of you are standing around him as if he has passed away. قَالُوا لَا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ They said, no, O Messenger of Allah. فَبَكَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ So the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم wept. فَلَمَّا رَأَ الْقَوْمُ بُكَاءَ النَّبِيُّ صلى الله عليه وسلم بَكَوْ When the people saw the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم crying, they also cried. فَقَالَ So he said, أَلَا تَسْمَعُونَ Do you not hear? إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُعَذِّبُ بِدَمْعِ الْعَيْنِ Allah does not punish for the weeping of the eyes. وَلَا بِحُزْنِ الْقَلْبِ Nor does He punish for the grieving of the heart. وَلَكِنْ يُعَذِّبُ بِهَذَا But He punishes because of this. وَأَشَارَ إِلَى لِسَانِهِ And He pointed towards His tongue. So what do we learn? If you cry, if you feel sad, no problem. But if you say something wrong, inappropriate, expressing your anger at Allah's decision, saying something that does not befit a believer, that does not show contentment with the decree of Allah, then that is problematic. That is not okay. And if you are thinking so negatively that you cannot help but say something negative, then there is a deeper problem that you need to fix, that you need to address. 
And for that, talk to people who may help you uh, think more positively, who may help you guide your thinking process so that you can say positive things at such times also. أَوْ يَرْحَمُوا Or he has mercy. Meaning, either Allah will punish because of this, or He will show mercy because of this. Meaning your words at the time of distress will either bring Allah's punishment or they will bring Allah's mercy. So what do you choose to say? It's up to you. If you say something that shows anger, then that is what you will receive. Because that's what we learn from hadith. That whoever sakhita, then falahu sakhit. Then for him is also anger and disapproval. And the one who shows that he's happy with Allah, raditu billahi rabba, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will also have mercy on that servant. And he said, وَإِنَّ الْمَيِّتَ يُعَذَّبُ بِبُكَاءِ أَهْلِهِ عَلَيْهِ And indeed the deceased person is punished for the crying of his family over him. And we have discussed this a great deal earlier, that this may not be general, but this is only in the case where the mayit wanted that this be done for him, or he did not stop his family, or that the mayit is not a Muslim, or the fourth understanding is that adab does not mean punishment, rather it means pain. وَكَانَ عُمَرُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ And because of this reason, Umar رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ يَطْرِبُ فِيهِ بِالْعَصَى He would actually hit people with his stick if he saw people crying. Umar رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ would punish people if he saw them crying. You may think, oh my God, this is so harsh. You know, have you ever told children who are crying uncontrollably? Have you ever told them? Yeah? Why? Why do you tell them to be quiet when they're crying out loud? Okay, so first of all, it's so loud hmm, that sometimes it becomes irritating and annoying. Isn't it? And sometimes even adults, if they cry and they're, you know, whining and, and saying something. You know, you want to comfort them, but they're crying so loudly that you're not able to say anything to them. That sound of crying becomes annoying for the listener. I was watching this video clip where this uh, woman met her daughter after many, many years. And when she saw her daughter, she was crying. And she was crying uncontrollably, so loudly, like a child. And that's understandable. I mean, she was really sad. But at the same time, the daughter was just like, you know, frozen. Like she didn't know how to react because the mother was crying so uncontrollably. The daughter, she didn't have a chance to express her emotions. You know what I mean? So first of all, it can be annoying for the listeners. And secondly, like she said, that sometimes children are crying for irrational reasons. Right? So you tell them to be quiet. Also, one more reason is that the reason why you tell them to be quiet is because sometimes they cry so much that they forget why they're crying. Isn't it? They cry and cry and cry, and then they have to fake cry. Isn't it? Because they're crying. And then that problem is not even major anymore, but they're still crying. So crying begets crying. Yeah, sometimes they need the attention. So anyway, crying begets crying. It leads to more crying. So this is why Umar radiallahu anhu would use his stick to stop people from crying. I'm not saying you should do that. But if somebody is crying uncontrollably, then you should try to help them so that they stop crying. 
Because crying uncontrollably, excessively, is not a good idea. وَيَرْمِي بِالْحِجَارَةِ وَيَحْثِي بِالْتُرَابِ And he would also throw hijara, small pebbles. وَيَحْثِي بِالْتُرَابِ And he would also throw some dust. Okay, You might say this is so strange because they didn't have carpets. And they didn't have, what do you call it, concrete floors. Their ground was what? Sand and, and pebbles. So sometimes a small pebble towards someone, not hit them with it so that they get hurt, but towards them, sort of wake them up and alert them, distract them or, you know, kind of show them quiet, you know. No need for this behavior. So he would do that. He would, he would be strict 